0: Welcome to Policy on Demand, I'm Sindhu Bloom. And I'm Scott McCandless. It's the week of August 9th, and this is your Monday briefing. So Scott, I think there's only one thing happening this week in Washington, and that is infrastructure. Why don't we go ahead and bring in Janice Mays to get going on this. Janice, welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, so the question on everyone's mind, what is happening right now, and what is the fate of infrastructure this week? The world's most deliberative body And it is showing the world that it is just that voted on Sunday to shut down debate on the infrastructure package. They voted 68 to 29. That is a good sign. 18 Republicans join all 50 Democrats. It's going to need 60 votes to pass. And that seems to lend people thinking that it is going to pass at this point. And I think that's a good position. It, they right now expect to reach final passage vote around 4 a.m. Tuesday morning because shutting down debate means you can still have up to 30 more hours of debate. And there is one senator, Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee, who doesn't like the fact that the bill is not fully paid for. And he's making them jump through every procedural hoop. He's not giving unanimous consent to agreements to shorten the debate and do these other things. And the bill is about half offset, the the new part of it, the old part of it's continuing the taxes that were there in the past to pay for it. But this new $550 billion in spending, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, the official scorers of the, the broad package for the Congress, have said it will increase the deficit by $256 billion. And while the senators that agreed to the package thought they'd fully paid for it, they sort of half paid for the new set. That has irritated some members who are probably already a no on the Senate side, but they are continuing. And 68 of them still think that it should reach that final passage vote. Not all of them may vote for it at this point. But so expect that to move pretty quickly at this point. Janice, just to clarify a point, you had said that the old part of the package was paid for with pre-existing taxes. Could you explain that a little bit further? There are gasoline taxes, federal gasoline taxes and other excise taxes that have been carried forward year after year after year. Right now, they go into 2022, they go about two years longer than the reauthorization of the spending package goes to make sure it's fully offset the underlying parts of this package that agreed to just continue those those aren't viewed as new taxes and don't get into this battle over can we have new taxes can we increase taxes so so that's just part of the package you never hear about at this point point. and it's this new 550 billion in spending that they needed to find new revenue sources for so this is where those those excise taxes on chemicals are reinstated, the old Superfund excise taxes. This is where cryptocurrency and these other kinds of issues are included. Great, thanks, that that helps a lot. With specific regard to cryptocurrency, it's been in the conversation quite a bit and perhaps uh, at a more animated level than had been expected. Could you explain a little bit as to what's going on with some of the crypto provisions? It is interesting what a big part of the economy it's become. And who would have guessed that this was the biggest issue, them trying to decide how specifically to deal with this. One of their new offsets for this package was to say that brokers in cryptocurrency had to turn in 1099 forms to the IRS, telling who they had transactions with and giving the taxpayer information to the IRS. And the battle has been who are brokers for that purpose? Who is it that's going to have to send these 1099s in? There are kind of the normal brokers you think about, but in this world, there are these people that are called miners and stakers that help validate that underlying transaction. They sort of go through the history, some of them are cryptocurrency, and, and prove these different things. And they don't always know necessarily who that transaction is with, and don't have that information like the broker who actually buy the cryptocurrency from does. And so the question is, did they accidentally get included in the language that was put into this new package? And it's been this kind of raging battle over how they would deal with this. Well, it ended up because they couldn't agree on an amendment, there are no more amendments now so before he really realized there was not going to be an amendment to shrink the language a little bit to make certain these these people were included senator rob portman on sunday went on to the senate floor and made a statement that he felt the way the language was described he was willing to work to try to narrow that language but he and the treasury and the cbo estimators etc all felt that these miners and stakers were already exempt from the package. So now he's going to hope that that sort of is reviewed as part of the legislative history when the Treasury Department writes the regulations on the provision. So one last question on infrastructure, assuming that gets tied up, when do you think it concludes and when do we see the pivot to the budget resolution? (laughs) Well, the current rule, it, it depends a lot on Senator Hackerty. They could go right to the vote on this if he agrees. And every other senator, they're into this unanimous consent agreement, part of their process. If they all agree to go right to the vote, they'll go right to the vote. So, But with the current agreements they have, they think 4 a.m. Tuesday is when they're going to hit it. Sometimes late at night or early in the morning, they get tired of doing something. And um, they move on to the next thing. So I'm expecting passage before business hours on Tuesday at some point. And yeah, the next thing is the budget resolution teeing up that budget reconciliation process where taxes may be increased and the Democrats would get to focus on their broader human infrastructure package. That itself, we, we laugh about it. The whole reason there is this budget process is to limit debate on the Senate and to not require 60 votes, to allow something to pass with 51 votes in the Senate. The budget resolution does have a limited debate. Does 50 hours sound like a short period of debate? This could pat- take that long to be debated. Where we stand at the moment on the budget resolution is Bernie Sanders, the senator, who is the budget committee chair right now, has said he will put out legislative tax text sometime Monday morning. So we're expecting to see something here, what they're going to move ahead and vote on later in the week. And I expect it to be a bit of finesse. I expect us to not be absolutely able to see, especially not which taxes will be raised and not necessarily the total amount of taxes that'll be raised. They've postponed some of those debates into September, October, November at this point. so we will we will see that. but they could shrink those hours of debate by unanimous consent again. And there's some talk that they may get unanimous consent because at the end of the debate on a budget resolution, you get unlimited amendments. They call it a -a vote-arama. You know, we always have these names for things in the Congress, but this voterama would allow everyone to make their points by just offering up an amendment and having it voted on. So there'll be some amendments that Democrats will have a hard time voting against, but they'll have to, there'll be be some real amendments (laughs) offered, and we'll sort of see where it ends up at this point. So I expect this could take a few more days, but I think before the weekdays here, the business weekdays are out, they could finish their action because the jet fumes of getting on those airplanes and going home for August, is going to begin to draw them. They're already irritated at still being, being here. They expected to leave on Friday and be gone for the rest of the month. All right, Janice. And to wrap up, I have one last question for you, which is what questions are you getting from companies and curious who you're speaking with? Is it just the tax department? Anybody else? I'm still getting that question about about the fall. How are our taxes going up, by how much, when, all of those things at this point. And it's important for companies to keep focusing on that, to keep focusing on their planning. And if they want to be advocates, this is the right time for them to talk to the Congress. And I'm hearing about it, not only from the tax departments, but from the C-suites. The C-suites are anxious to understand what's going on. It's all a bunch of confusion out there and they want to know more about how to plan for it all right janice thank you so much thank you you, guys and to our audience as always thank you so much for spending this time with us remember to check out week in review which last week featured rohit kumar and andrew Pryor. we'll have another one this friday stay tuned for much more and take care this podcast is brought to you by pwc all rights reserved